Hi everybody, this is Terrell Cummings, and this is Season 2, Episode 11 of the Always Relevant Podcast. And today, Dana and I, we get into a lot of good conversation about the college football playoff, uh, our teams Michigan and Ohio State, and potentially where they are in that playoff situation, and some other teams as well. We specifically uh, also talk about the Bengals and the Browns in the NFL, uh, we talk about Odell Beckham Jr., um, get a few other things as far as the upcoming trip to Denver, um, have some good drinks for the fall and mix up with Lee. Um, have a pretty exciting rapid fire segment. We also have uh, Dane, get real with Dane as always, and mess with money around. So we're looking forward to it. We hope you are too. Um, here we go. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody, we are here. This is Terrell Cummings. This is season two, episode 11 of the Always Relevant Podcast. I got the intro better than last week. No stumbling, thank God. Dane, how's it going, man? What's good? About those calves, man. I always knew they were going to be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you always, seem so, you always seem so confident every week about your calves. Yeah, I got my calves hat on again today. Two weeks in a row, we're hey, going pretty, calves. Pretty soon, we're rocking a Kevin Love jersey. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get crazy that crazy, but yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be with the squad. You might as well be a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I, we're gonna go. Ahead, we're gonna start it off. We're gonna kick it off. We just had Halloween weekend. Go with how are you and how are you really and how am I? Overall, I'm okay. For real though, I'm tired. I'm annoyed and I'm sick. I've caught the the sickness in the household that everybody else has had for like the last month, and I had stayed away from it for the most part. Well, now it's got me. So I sound better today than I did yesterday and the day before. So I think I'm getting better. And I plan on being better by the time we make this trip on, on Friday to Denver that I'm looking forward to. So between that, between Michigan losing, between the Bengals losing, between me losing both fantasy football, um, I guess, matchups this weekend. I did get second place in the league, winning like 26 bucks in the FanDuel League. So that was my only subpar win this week. So at least I got something out of the weekend. But pretty much everywhere besides Hanover let me down uh, in that fantasy football. So it could be better, but I'm looking forward to this trip. I'm ready to go. So, Dane, how are you? How are you really? You know, I'm doing pretty good because, you know, the Blue Jackets and the Cavs have showed me some good ball here. The only reason I'm upset is the Blue Jackets were in Newark, New Jersey. Take me about an hour to get there. I was going to go to the game. And I was like, man, it's Brown Steelers. Man, I can't miss it. I, I, got, I go, I'm going to skip the hockey game because I go when they're close, right? Right. I will never skip another game <laughs> to watch the Browns play football because that was, and we'll get into that. So how am I really? I'm terrible because the Browns are terrible. I declared them done on our last podcast uh, after the Arizona game. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, on the outs- on the outside a little bit, though, I'm excited about our trip for Denver. I'm excited about what Columbus and the you know the Cavaliers are doing. We'll go from there. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, for sure, man. So yeah, our trip to Denver. So this week, this weekend, we're going out. You saw Lee on the show a couple weeks back. It's his birthday. We're going out to celebrate. Me, Dane, a couple of other friends. We're going to go out there, hang out, have a good time. Lila's out there in Denver. So we got an Airbnb out there. Lee said it's pretty nice within walking distance of a bunch of places around the neighborhood as far as bars and restaurants and whatnot. So we should be having good times out there. I feel we might hit up a casino when we're out there in the mountains. I'm not sure about that, but 
apparently there's a lot of activities that they have set up for us. We're just going to go hang out and have a good time. Dane, what are you thinking, man? No, man, it's good. The only thing I'm worried about is uh, all the airline cancellations that's been going on, right? Yeah, so no. if you're flying Southwest, I think was Americans having trouble now. Now I just flew American to Arizona like a week ago. I didn't have any issues. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm flying United to Denver. I don't know what you're on. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Let me let me double check. I'll, as you're talking, I'm gonna double check right now. <laughs> I'm flying. Yeah, I don't see any issues with United right now. But hey, everybody, right out there right now, I'm gonna tell you: do not book flights with Spirit. It is not worth saving the extra hundred, two hundred bucks <laughs> you're gonna save, unless it's somewhere you don't want to go. So right. say you're going to a wedding that you don't want to go to for a family member, then you book Spirit, right? Because then you can be like, oh. Well, my flight was canceled. I'm not going, right? That's what spirit, spirit's for when you don't want to go somewhere where you can literally commit to something and then be able to say, hey, my flight was canceled. I tried to get there. That's what Spirit Airlines is for, right? <laughs> if you're actually trying to get somewhere, obviously we don't get together very much any longer with everybody living all over the different parts of the country. You know, you right. got someone coming from Florida, you got someone coming from Texas, you got me coming out from way east pennsylvania then you got yep. you coming from ohio so it's tough to do and we all need to get together so check your flights make sure you're going to get there everyone <laughs> yeah for sure i'm flying united so i think i'm going to be good uh time will tell but i think i'm going to be good so yeah so i look forward to it for sure I'm, I'm ready to see everybody ready to hang out and it should be an interesting trip uh, out there out there in denver so um yeah. study said make sure everybody's hydrated so start this yes. week, hydrate, because it could be interesting. Yes. And uh, that was my that was my money tip for the week, right? If you're trying to, if you have to commit to something you don't want to go to, like a family member's wedding or something that's awful, book Spirit Airlines. Then when they cancel your flight, you can say you made a decent effort to make the event. <laughs> good, good, good to know. I'll remember that for sure whenever there's some event going on and I'm iffy if I want to go or not. So, no, we'll remember that. We'll let everybody know about the trip. We might have a live uh, live podcast when we're out there on the trip. It should be interesting. Jackie said that she's going to be uh, uh, videoing a lot, taking a lot of content. So we might have a lot of uh, different video clips or reels out there on our social media as far as our trip to Denver and everything. So uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. It's going to be a good time. Um, I know Lana's a little worried about flying, but once we get past that, we'll be good. So, all right, going to our next segment, mix up with Lee. Um, Lee actually got us a couple of different drinks for the fall. Uh, specifically, these are beers. Um, let's see, it says a list of Lee's fall beer picks. So the first one is the Boulevard Tank 7 Farmhouse Ale. It's a Belgian-style farmhouse ale that packs a punch with elevated alcohol for a medium-bodied beer with floral spicy notes from the yeast. Mm. So something Sounds to try. Intense. We might try it out when we're out there. Um, another beer that's out there is Sierra Nevada Celebration IPA. He said it's yearly release celebrating the hop harvest season. Piney, resinous hop. Hop notes mingle with fuller-bodied caramel malts for a balanced lingering finish. I should have read these before. I'm reading them right now. I'm reading this for the first time. Um, Next is the Cigar Siri Maduro Brown Ale. Just like his namesake cigar, Maduro has a rich, full body uh, based around English malts and hops that drink smooth and doesn't overwhelm the drinker with bitterness. Excuse me, it doesn't overwhelm the drinker with bitterness. I should act like I'm not a read. 
Next is Jackie O's Java the Stout. Rich, luscious mingling of rich coffee and deeply roasted malts. Low additions of hops with this one to showcase the similarities between coffee and beer. Mm, and I love the name. I know. It's pretty solid, for sure. And then lastly, Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. Another bigger beer built to stand up to the changing seasons. Dirty Bastard is complex and malty with the slight notes of smoke and peat coming through. So I'm guessing that these beers will be out there in Colorado. We're going to try to sample these beers and, um, and whatever else uh, Lee has for us when he's out there. Like I said, he is the beer connoisseur. And so we trust his judgment as far as different beers and different drinks to have. We'll try to have him make some live drinks out there as well so we can um, bring you back some good content for upcoming shows. And then Dane had a drink as well. He actually I'm going to throw a bonus out. one out here from Eastern PA from Omish Country down in Lancaster, Lancaster Brewing. It is baked pumpkin ale. I just wanted to bring it up and add it to our session because uh, this is the one I was working on last night. Quality beer. I don't know how a baked, how it being baked makes any different than any other pumpkin ale, but it was good. So I'll throw it out there. Nope, Lancaster that's solid. Brewing right there. Baked pumpkin ale. Good stuff. No, I like it. Got to rep it. I'm, I'm a fan for sure. So, all right, getting to our, our first segment, the college football rundown. Dane, what do you got for us, man? All right, so it's a big day, right? This is when we're going to see the first playoff uh, breakdown here. Yep. So, you know, it's Tuesday. What is it? November 2nd, right? So here we go. Let's go. Uh, I want to start with Georgia because I think clearly they're the best team. I think it's – I think this season it's more not debatable than it normally is because of what Georgia's doing to people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what, like you look at the stats, let's do it real quick. Georgia won 34 to 7, right? You know, 161 pass yards for Georgia. Florida had 194. Georgia had 193 rushing. Florida had 161. So, on paper, it looks like, you know, right, maybe it was a pretty close game. But if you watched it, no, it wasn't. Because uh, Georgia scored, what, 24 points in the second quarter? Uh, it was over, right? So, Florida yep. got some meaningless yards. Uh, Georgia is the cream of the crop, best team in the nation from what I've seen. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so far I say best team in the nation. I don't know, like their defense seems like they're seems like they're great overall. I don't know about their offense yet, but they have we haven't had to figure out anything about their offense because their defense has been so dominant. Um, so if they face an Alabama that can potentially score on their defense, or another team that could potentially score on their defense, I don't know if their offense can catch up. Their offense isn't a catch-up offense. They don't need to be. <clears throat> they just go out there and you know score a few points and let their defense shut down the other team. So, yeah, I, don't I know, mean, like I said, I, it doesn't really matter right now on their offense because their defense has been has been so dominant overall. So I'm kind of waiting to see if they actually get challenged uh, before the SEC championship game. But we'll see how that goes. Oh, in a in a college football atmosphere where no one can stop every anyone, and teams like BYU scoring 66 points and Wake Forest scored 70 last week, and there's just absolutely no defense. What they're doing deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, they are shutting people down. Yep. Good teams down. Crazy how good they're doing. Uh, I don't see how anybody beats them at this point. But like you said, maybe Bama's got something up the sleeve. You know, Saban will see them soon. But uh, had sure. to talk a little Georgia because I think they're clearly the best team in the nation, as much as I hate to say it. It is yep. the facts, much, right? much, much respect to them. I agree 100%. They look, they look like the best team in the nation right yes. now. Yes. 
and they're the only ones playing that elite defense right now. Yep. Uh, although Texas A&M could be up there a little bit from a defensive standpoint, but yeah, Georgia overall. So here we go. Let's go to Ohio because since he's number two still in the nation, I'll be interested to see where the playoff people put them. Uh, they struggled a little bit with a one and six Tulane team. Now Tulane's one and seven. I know it was in, uh, they're in New Orleans, correct? Yeah, they're in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. So the final score is 31 12. Riddler, 227 yards, three touchdowns. Since he was only winning 14-12 at half, I'll be interested to see if they are penalized a little bit for this. they got to start blowing these teams out because here's the difference. We'll, we'll get to the Ohio State game in a minute, but if Ohio State played Tulane, they'd probably win 73-6 to six or something, right? Right. Since he's got to quit messing around, if you want to be taken serious, you got to go down to Tulane and beat them by 60 points. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati sometimes plays with the talent of their competition keeps it close for a while and then you know they end up winning by like 25 or 30 or something like that when they need to be winning by like 40 plus every game from the beginning they need to show that against those teams with the subpar records in their subpar conference they need to show that they're the dominant team in the conference they can't they've essentially like, played two close games against two teams with a combined total of two wins yeah. navy we've always excused because they, they run that offense and it's difficult to prepare for they give people trouble not yeah. giving them a pass on this game no, agreed. They should come out. I know Tulane came out. I think in the beginning of the season, they gave Oklahoma trouble. So I get it. But they're still one and six, now one and seven. They should go out and they, they should handle them from the beginning, in my opinion. So Yes. There, there's no reason that needs to be a game going in the second half. So yeah. we'll be, it'll be interesting to see where the committee uh, ranks them. All right. Oklahoma got by. They won uh, 52 uh, to 21 against Texas Tech at home. Texas Tech remains a terrible program. I believe they fired their coach last week or two weeks ago. Correct. So yep. uh, that was the guy who came in to replace Kingsbury, who's an obvious Arizona Cardinals. Now they haven't been able to figure it out. They're in Texas. Not sure why they can't figure it out. There's no reason for a Texas big time Texas school to be this terrible. But Oklahoma gets by with the whim. Uh, still undefeated. We'll see what happens. Uh, what do you, where do you think the committee is going to rank them? This is a tough one because they've played like they're undefeated, but all their games have been close, bad teams. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think like offensively, I think that they that the committee probably believes in the freshman was a Caleb Thompson. He he looks the part. They're scoring points. They're supposed to have like a top tier defense. What they talked about at the beginning of the season, and their defense is non-existent. Whoever said they're supposed to have a top-tier defense was completely wrong. Like, there is nothing good about Oklahoma's defense whatsoever. They and, never play defense. They never uh, have. But, I mean, they are I mean, they never have, but, like, they're playing even less defense now than normal. <laughs> like, it's it's com it's completely terrible. Like, they're not stopping. Like, they couldn't stop Kansas. You know, if it wasn't for a few plays in their offense, like, they could have lost to Kansas. My game was, I believe, like 17 nothing at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. So – they just need to make sure their offense doesn't make mistakes. They need to make sure to keep their offense on track. I mean, granted, like, once Thompson gets to the flow, he could probably bring him back. But, you know, against good teams, not going to be able to do that. No, no. So, I mean, we got to talk Oklahoma until somebody beats them. I always wonder, and, the, and it hasn't affected them in the past, but can the, the committee's got to look back and see how Oklahoma gets blown out every time they're in the playoffs. Doesn't matter who they're playing. SEC, Big Ten, doesn't matter. They're getting smoked, right? Right. So I think they got to start taking that into account. Uh, well, pretty soon, Oklahoma and Texas, I don't think are going to sniff the playoffs for a little bit. Going uh, to Texas SEC. is bad. So, as a matter of fact, we're going to get to them in a minute. 
Uh, Colorado, Oregon, we're talking Oregon because they're back up 52-29. They're ranked seventh in the AP poll. Brown had 307 yards, three touchdowns. Oregon um, lost to a Stanford team that just is unpredictable. You don't know who's going to show up that beat good teams, lost to bad teams, but uh, yep. Oregon's still there, right? Uh, we've seen how fast they were. I know they lost their running back for the year, correct, or something like that. And he, he's one that carried them against Ohio yeah. State. I mean, the, yeah. the quarterback played good, but it was really the running back that was – that was doing the damage against Ohio State. And I don't know if that Oregon team beats this Ohio State team at this point in the season. Uh, agreed. And uh, Colorado, that program just can't get it back ever since. You know, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, this one didn't shock me at all. We discussed this. Badgers winning 20 and nothing at halftime. Wisconsin beats number nine, Iowa, 27-7. It was all defense. Iowa had 24 rushing yards on 30 carries. Dominance yeah. by Wisconsin. And, and, and that's not good because Iowa can't throw the ball. And Wisconsin yes. can tackle. Like, the way to beat Wisconsin is to throw on them. So, that was just a bad situation for Iowa, for sure, to try to be in. They can't, you know, once they were down, they can't come back from that. Even a Wisconsin team that's not great because Wisconsin is not quite as good as they've been here recently. They're still um, decent. Their defense isn't terrible. It's you, just they don't have offense. You can't line up against a Wisconsin team generally and beat them in the trenches. You're not going to just put – you're not going to line up and say, you know, we're just going to run you off the field. I even think the best SEC teams couldn't do that. Like, you have to throw to beat Iowa. You need to get your athletes in space. Iowa is a similar team to Wisconsin and not as good, and it showed, right? Iowa's been lucky. They shouldn't have beat Iowa State earlier in the year. We talked about that. So, uh, the real Iowa uh, stood up this weekend. So, yeah. All right. Lane Kiffin party's over. Auburn 31, Ole Miss 20. Auburn moves up. They're looking pretty good. Didn't their quarterback uh, get hurt? Didn't Ole Miss quarterback get hurt sometime during the game? I think, yeah, I think you did. I think there was something like that because he only finished, he finished 21-37 with 289 yards and interception. But I, I mean, he say, came back in the game. He came back in the game, but yeah. there was a period of time he was out. Without him, they're not winning games. Well, I'm, declaring, I'm declaring him out of the Heisman Trophy race now after that yeah. game. He's out of the out of the mix. He was a front runner. Uh, Auburn was ranked below them. Auburn won pretty handily. Um, Which makes me think, like, I didn't think Auburn was that great, you know, but Penn State beat Auburn. And I don't think Penn State's that great. So I don't know what to think of Penn State. We'll get into that here shortly, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But that was right. a whiteout at Penn State. That's Penn true. Whiteout, night game, whiteout. Happy Valley. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that that could make a difference as far and as Auburn. Way. Auburn could have won that game. I mean, it was close. Right. Uh, Bigsby, I think that's how you say his name for Auburn. At 23 carries, 140 yards, and touchdown. So uh, convincing win for Auburn. That game was never really close. Caught a little bit of that one. I'm uh, just going to mention this briefly. Notre Dame remains 7-1, 44-34 win over North Carolina at home. Uh, we bring that up because it helps Cincinnati. Notre Dame remains ranked high. It's basically the only thing Cincinnati's been hanging on to here to keep them up. Yep. Other than taking care of business and winning, but not in the matter they should. Um, Agreed. Agreed. The Kentucky party's over. I'm off the U.K. bandwagon. Mississippi State 31, Kentucky 17. Big win for Mike Leach. Uh, state had third quarter. Set, yeah, if you're watching, uh, what they had a big third quarter. They scored 17 points in the third quarter because the game was kind of up in the air at halftime. I'm not sure what happened there on the Kentucky defense, but because uh, it's been so good, but they got kind of picked apart. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but good for Kentucky. I mean, that coach is doing good things there. That's a basketball school trying to play in a football conference. So uh, the fact he can play competitive football again this year is pretty impressive. 
He needs to keep recruiting Cincinnati. That's what he needs to do. I mean, let's face it. The last time Kentucky was really a great team was when Bear Bryant was there. That's how long ago it's been. So, you know. <laughs> hey, they were solid. My cousin was playing there. We saw some games. Yeah, all right. we've seen them. Remember, I think they had the uh, battleship Lorenzo. Obviously, RIP. He passed away. But he uh, remember when he uh, took them to a win at home against LSU and they were in national conversation. And then they kind of fell apart late getting hammered by Alabama and stuff. So, they've had some good teams. Right. But it's been a long time since they've actually been a real football, a uh, real contender, right? Yeah. Um, Wake Forest, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because they're undefeated. The committee ain't giving them a lot of love yet. They are 8 No, They beat Duke 45-7. to We'll see what happens. I'd like to see them play somebody. The ACC is terrible. I know I talk bad about the Big 12 and Pac-12 all the time, but I can't leave the ACC out, particularly Clemson down. They have right. they, they shouldn't even be in the playoff. Right? Well, that's the that's the it's tough. Like Wake Forest is doing what UC should be doing to their conference. They're going that's out and they're they're waxing them. And like they yeah. played against Army, yeah, it was like a basketball score, but they put up seventy against Army. So it's like, all right, yeah, the triple option. You can't. We can't. You know, we're not equipped to guard that. So we're just gonna straight up outscore you, and you can't stop us. Yeah, uh, I and mean, we talked about, like, you know, armies. you know, when you're playing those offenses, it's tough to get your defense ready. So, Wake Forest has been getting it done. They needed a big win like that. Uh, Duke's obviously way down, but, you know, still a good win. Uh, Texas falls again. Baylor, we haven't talked about them. They went 31-24 and was a good game. They're Baylor 7-1, and one, man. They're turning it back around since Rule left. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, no, they're, they're coming along. You know, they should get some respect. A little bit, like I said, I mean, it was kind of close against Texas, but, you know, Baylor, I mean, they just showed that they were more physical that game for sure. And I know what you think about Baylor and them airing it out, but they really are a running football team, and they really are a physical football team. Well, physical for the Big 12. So yeah. I, don't know if that would, I don't know if that would translate over to other conferences the same way, but, you know, I want to see them play another team from another conference, see if they're for real or not. Now, if you miss this game, like out there, everybody missed a wild game. Probably a lot of people didn't watch this one, but we're going to bring it up, too, because it infects Cincinnati. SMU gets beat finally. Houston wins 44-37. I think it was a kick return at the end. It was nuts. Something crazy. Uh, it was crazy. Crazy game. That kind of hurt Cincinnati. I, I Does Cincinnati play Houston, right? I think they should play Houston. I think they so, do. I, yeah, so that they, they'll, they'll play both SMU and Houston have one loss. Both look pretty good. Their game Cincinnati should win. Now, if you beat two teams and they both only have one loss, it'd be hard to keep you out of the playoff uh, selection with the other teams with all the losses. Right. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, – and then, all right, let's get into our two big games then. Um, the Michigan-Michigan State game was crazy, so let's get into Ohio State-Penn State real quick. Penn State uh, – Ohio State wins 33-24. Your initial thoughts on that one. Um, Penn State played better than I thought they would on defense for a while. But I think after a while, I think I think Ohio State's offense really. I mean, the running back Trayvon Henderson, he's the truth. Like that dude could probably play in the NFL right now, and he's true freshman. So yeah, he had twenty eight carries, hundred fifty two yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, so he's legit. I just wonder if someone with Penn State caliber defense playing Ohio State that they seem like they kind of held in that day for a while had better offense what they would do against Ohio State like how would Ohio State handle that and so like I don't know if Michigan State's that team because I mean they pretty much they run the ball they pound the ball but I think they're tough with Mel Tucker I think they that's the kind of personality that they have I don't know if Michigan can do that or not to be honest with you I think they have potential to but I don't know if they will or not but um 
you know, overall, Ohio State came out with the win. And um, like I said, I just don't think the gap's as far as what it's been in the past between Ohio State and everybody else in the Big Ten. So Ohio State was, I believe, the closing number was 18 and a half favorites in this yeah. game. Uh, Clifford, Penn State, good quarterback. He's a kid from Cincinnati, right? Play for Cleveland. Uh, Moeller, Cle- uh, oh, no, no, sorry. He is from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah he went to. I think he went to Elder. Elder yeah. won the two. So he had 361 yards, one touchdown, one interception, right? So mm-hmm. this is a team that could not score on Auburn, could not score on Iowa, although they did. F. Clifford got hurt, so they were scoring early. Right. Team that couldn't score on Illinois last week. I don't know if they were looking past Ohio State. I mean, looking past Illinois to the Ohio State game. Uh, I don't know what to think of Penn State. I still think they're a good team. Uh, they held Ohio State's offense down early, like you said. Uh, the fun, you know, like, but the but, why is there no defense in Columbus any any longer? There hasn't been any defense in Columbus. Urban Meyer won on defense at Florida, right? And then right. He was playing defense, and Tressel played some defense. And towards the end of the Urban Meyer era, and, you know, everybody says it's going towards offense. This could get into, obviously, a larger conversation of the way the football's going. But there is there is just no D in Columbus. But yet all these guys are going to be playing in the NFL, right? Well, right. What, what is the problem, right? Like, why can't you stop nobody? So, no one. Uh you know, Stroud had 305 yards, one touchdown. Penn State has a pretty good defense. That's another team, you know, I should bring up that obviously sends a lot of players to the NFL, and especially right. on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, but here, here's the deal. They did stop the run. Uh, Penn State, 29 rushes, 33 yards, only averaged 1.1 yards carry. Uh, but it, I, I expected Ohio State with the committee voting today on the playoff committee I thought Ohio State needed to cover the spread and make a statement against Penn State if they want to get into that top four conversation, right? Yeah. Oklahoma's probably Oklahoma's probably going to run the table, and the committee is going to be forced to put them in the playoff, right? Yep. They're probably going to have to put Cincinnati in if they run the table, right? If they beat two one-loss teams, right, if they play Houston, SMU, I'll have to check on the Houston. I know for sure they play SMU, which I would think they would play Houston. Right. I don't know. The American Conference is big. I don't, there's big. So much yeah, there's a lot of teams there. in it. There's yeah. a lot of teams in it. A lot of teams there. So, uh, I mean, it, it was a win, but you got to remember it was at home. It's not like they beat Penn State at a whiteout at Penn State. Right. It just – and it was an important win, don't get me wrong, but Penn State has two losses, right? They need to go out there and cover the damn spread and play some defense. Yep. How does Clifford have 361 yards? And nine overtimes against Illinois, he had, what, 109 yards or something? Yeah, like yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, yeah I, so, I don't know. you know what, I'm just – I'm tired of the no defense in Columbus. Let's start playing some defense. I, I think Georgia is going to show you why defense is still important when everything's all said and done this year on why yeah. the defensive side of the ball is important. And you're going to find that out in the NFL this year too with the teams with the defenses are going to win. Defense still wins, right? So – uh, that's my thoughts. They won. They got the win. It's Penn State, you know, but it, it wasn't the kind of win I was expecting. Uh, is it is it just because that is just because they're young? I mean, is that what it is? Ohio State's as as young every year. Ohio State's young that's every true, year. But maybe they just aren't able to reload. And looking at, their, looking at their schedule, UC does not play Houston this year. Okay. So they needed that game. 
Yeah, so oh. but they, they do play SMU. They play Tulsa, yeah. South Florida, SMU, and Eastern Carolina. So. so really there's only one decent team out there. I'll tell you what, from the looks of that, uh, since he probably is not going to get in. Yeah, because right now the only ranked teams that's still in their schedule, Notre Dame still number nine, and SMU is ranked 23rd right now. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot could happen, but uh, we'll see. I mean, are you going to keep a one-loss Big Ten champ out over Cincinnati? Probably not. Right. Oklahoma, if they run the table, are you going to keep them out? Probably not. Uh, could we have two SEC teams again this year? Possibly. Uh, ACC's done. So the reason – actually, the reason Cincinnati might slip in is because the Clemson era is over. Right. And that kind right. of leaves an open spot because the ACC is terrible. So you don't have that team that runs the table at Clemson every year and just walks into the playoff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's get to your game. Michigan 37 what was it? No, 34 state 37. Wow. What a game. This was wild. Take it away. Take that game. Let me hear your frustration. Let me yeah. hear it. <laughs> now, no one's going to get my full sense of frustration with this game. Uh, Michigan. They left too many points on the board. They could have put that game that game away early. They're up by 17 in the second half. Um, well, not even getting to the second half yet. First half, they kicked two field goals, and they were in the red zone. So, I mean, they could have been up 21 to 7 at the end of the first half, and instead they were only up, what was it? Well, they ended up being, I think it was 17 to 10. It might have been tied 17 17. I can't remember. Either way, there was that. And, you know, on defense – I was, yeah, on defense, I was just I was upset with their defense coordinator because he kept getting flagged for penalties for having too many players on the field or having illegal substitutions because Michigan State would just run with tempo and they would just pick up their offense. They wouldn't substitute anybody, and then the defensive coach from Michigan would try to sub in different personnel for it, and then they get caught in the – you know, trying to get the players on and off the field. That's a coaching issue, not players on the field issue as far as that. But there's times where that happened and that took the momentum completely away from Michigan when they had it. Um, you can't call this anything but a complete collapse, though, right? Yeah, I think Michigan had it, and they should have – I sent you a message, and they needed to step on their throats in the third quarter, and they didn't. They squandered it, and the longer Michigan State got in, it started raining. They were running the ball. Kenneth Walker, he's still a Heisman. I think he's close to a Heisman front runner or not, especially after scoring five touchdowns this particular game. It started raining. You know, they started – Mississippi State got some turnovers on Michigan late. I know the one was the freshman. He, he dropped the ball as far as um, when McCarthy's trying to hand, or trying to do the zone read mesh with the running back, and they dropped it. That happens every once in a while. I get it. So I'm not going to blame it on that. Like, Michigan, I think, just with offensive play calling, getting in the red zone, not scoring touchdowns, not putting Michigan State away early when they had the chance. They left Michigan State around, and Michigan State came back and took the momentum and won. You just can't do that, especially at Michigan State. You just can't do that. And State, it was just yeah. it was frustrating, frustrating to watch on, on the offense and defense, especially when I thought, you know, it was a hard-fought game, but I actually did think Michigan was the, the more talented team. But I think Michigan State hung in there, and they were the tougher team at the end of the game. Well, State won the second half 23-10, and Michigan only scored three points in the fourth quarter, and Michigan State's 15. And all I got to say is Kenneth Walker the third, five touchdowns. Boy was running. 23 carries, 197 yards. We have the premier performance of the college football season, in my opinion. 
I I, I respect him. He's not flashy. He's not flashy, but he's hard to tackle. He scores touchdowns. I give him props. I mean, what a game, right? Uh, You know, it's, you know, I look at these, some of these numbers. Uh, McNamara, 383 yards, two touchdowns, right? Yep. Uh, He had an interception. Uh, I mean. He, He actually looked pretty good throwing the ball. Like, I didn't mind him throwing the ball a little bit. I think Michigan might have found their receiver of the future, Andrew Anthony. Um, he's kind of he had like a 93-yard touchdown pass, you know, and he had his he had not caught a catch the whole season as a freshman. And his first catch was a 93-yard touchdown, and he caught a second touchdown later. So yeah. they kind of they kind of went away from that later on a little bit, but it showed that they can be explosive. It still yeah, bothers I mean, me that Michigan tries to be a straight power football team because from the eye test, their offense line. They don't push the defense line ever on any team they ever play. You ever watch them like, yeah, Michigan's two running backs might lead the <clears throat> like top five in rushing, but like they always make the first guy miss. It's not because they have large holes to run through. So they had uh, six different people carry the ball. They had 146 yards. It's just some of the stuff late. I mean, Harbaugh, I can't believe they even let him come back to Ann Arbor after that game. It wasn't just <laughs> defensive confusion. Some of the offense was a little sketchy late. Uh, I, I don't like the offense coordinator. Either. There's a lot I don't like. I do like the defense coordinator. He needs to figure out how to get his players on and off the field or how to play with more of a base defense, not always try to match personnel to formation. Sometimes you just got to go out there and play. So here's the problem with that excuse, right? It's an indictment of the coaching staff. We're already in week one of the college football season. Oh, yeah. No, that should have been taken like- care of. Yeah, by the second week of the season, why that's why I'm bothered by not it. Worked out, it's, right? it's, it's stupid like, mistakes yeah. for sure. I, yeah, that, that's what that's what makes it frustrating. Like the first, the fact that it's happening, and second, that it's happening in game eight or nine of the season. Like how you how you letting that happen? Yeah, like that should have already been worked out completely. But and congratulations that's, that's to Michigan State's coach. What a job that guy's done with this team. I mean, we thought Michigan State was going to be awful. I mean, who, who – I thought – no, no, wait, wait. Michigan I thought they were going to be solid. Who if thought you remember they were our previous no. episodes, I said I thought Mel Tucker was going to have them solid. You said you might need another couple of years. I think well, he has not believing up there, man. 8-0, right? So, I mean – It's not pretty. They don't play pretty football, but they're tough, and they're not going to give up. Oh, uh, they got some talent. And we always said that. Michigan State always sends guys to the NFL, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's – uh. I see a lot. Of, I see a physical football team. I see speed on that team too. So I mean, I, I they'll get I, Ohio State's got to be ready to play, right? So I, I look forward to that game. I look so, forward. To, I look forward to Michigan Ohio State. I think that it's going to be closer than normal, but you know, we'll see what happens. Michigan needs to go out there and do what they need to do against IU this weekend. I'll see how they respond after that loss. That's a bone crushing loss, like mentally draining type of loss. Especially when I feel they could have won that game in the third quarter. They could have yeah. finished it in the third quarter. And yeah, they, that, and that's what I said. Some up. of the offensive stuff was a little sketchy late. I mean, you know, I a lot of that's on the coaching, right? You know, I'm not Harbaugh mad to get rid, of, just, I'm not mad to get rid being, of Josh Gaddis as offense coordinator. I mean, Harbaugh went from this quarterback whisperer, like doing things with everybody from Luck, who was the ultimate talent, to – doing things with Kaepernick to utilize I mean, his skills. And before that, he was, I believe it was at San Diego State before he was at Stanford. and San Jose Colorado. State. But what quarterback came from San Jose State? I don't think he's a quarterback whisperer. I just think at Stanford, he had Andrew Luck. 
<laughs> well, no, but, I mean, he was winning everywhere. Like, he, yeah, he, he was, was winning. winning. Yeah, I mean, look what he did with uh, San Francisco. He was doing good with uh, Alex Smith and then obviously went with Kaepernick and utilized his talents. And he all his teams got good really quick. And I, I just, just hasn't worked at Michigan, in my opinion. I mean, as the standard's been lowered at Michigan is what I would ask you, right? So, like, do they not expect to be a top power any longer? I think it's a fair question because what other school that expects to be a top power would let this kind of stuff go on for as long as it has with Harbaugh? Who's your alternative? Well, I think I, I think at this point it isn't necessarily an alternative. I think an alternative is better that the devil you don't know might be better than the devil you know at this point because you know what you're going to get. You're going to get. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I necessarily agree with that because I think that they are vastly different than the team they had last year. Okay. Well, we'll see. There's a lot of football left, so we'll see what happens. They're playing a very, un, very poor, underachieving Indiana team this this week, so we'll see what happens. They need to uh, dominate them, hundred percent. Ohio State's playing a Nebraska team that's had a tendency to play everyone tough, so we'll see what happens there too. So. Yep. Agreed. All right, we spent a lot of time on the college. Uh, I think we agree that probably the playoff picture is probably going to look similar to what the AP poll looks like right now with Georgia number one, Cincy number two. Yep. Bama, you know, we'll see. Bama be three, four. They'll be three, four in there, somewhere like yeah. that. And then I, they'll probably put a they'll probably put Ohio State up there, probably four. Well, no. I don't know. They might put Oklahoma ahead Oklahoma's of Oklahoma's undefeated. I think until Oklahoma uh, loses a game, you got They have to be there. Like, you know, yeah. I know the Big 12's awful, but, uh, but they so don't have American. a loss. But so, but so is America, the American, right? So, like. America, yeah, but since he's undefeated. Uh, so, so, yeah, so is Oklahoma. That's the thing. So, I mean, Oklahoma ain't beat nobody like Notre Dame, though. True. That's true. Well, hey, Oklahoma plays Baylor this coming week, so. Hopefully they get knocked off. That is the game to watch right there. That's the one we uh, us Ohio State fans need to happen here. We need Baylor to take them down. Uh, (laughs) So and then yeah, we need Oklahoma to lose a game basically. So that the whole Big Ten needs Oklahoma to lose a game. That yeah, Uh, that's true right there. All right, next segment we talked about college football quite a bit. Browns Bengals. Browns Bengals. You can talk about your brownies first. Go ahead. Get off your chest. Uh, you know what? There isn't really a whole lot. There ain't no reason to get mad. I'm past the mad point. I declared them dead after I froze my butt off on Wendy's Stadium up there against Arizona in a game that was over in the first quarter. Uh, I didn't care what happened at the Denver game. I mean, I cared, obviously, on the win. But to me, the Denver game wasn't going to tell me anything. The backup quarterback was in. Uh, you're playing an awful Denver team. Game meant nothing. This is the game that meant something. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is your first AFC North game. You're at home, and it was just a another debacle of the coaching staff, just another unexcusable play-calling disaster from the Browns. Uh, there's so much drama. There's so much uh, same stuff. It, it, it's literally like back to the Freddie Kitchens era. Like, that's how bad this is. So, you know, we were talking before, and the Browns have had a ton of penalties, right? They're like, who are the worst? Who are the most penalized teams in the league? Let's go over this real quick, right? right. The Eagles were number one. They have 60 penalties, 434 yards. 
shockingly, a team that did lose to New Orleans this weekend, right? Uh, Tampa is number two with 59 penalties, 580 total yards, right? And they're a winning team. The third team is the Cowboys, who some people think is the best team in the league with 58 penalties, 487 yards, right? So I was looking at the Browns. They are eighth in penalties in the league, which is too high. 54 penalties, which is too high. And this is the kicker. 518 yards in total penalty yards. There's only two other teams with more penalty yards, and that's the Titans and the Cal- uh, Titans and Tampa. So critical times, too. Pass interference. You can blame. I don't like to blame the refs. There's been bad calls, but everybody gets bad calls. Actually, bad calls. Yeah, the, I agree. The Steelers had a lot of calls where they could be – their fans could be upset. The Steelers kicker gets hurt, right, early on a stupid play call, right? That was just stupid by the Steelers. That looked like something the Browns would call. And the kicker gets hurt, and that affected the game. You know, that hurt the Steelers' ability to kind of put the game away at different times. So, OBJ, right? So, what do we got here? Um, I mean, one catch, six yards. Uh, the other target, he gator armed the ball in a league where you can't hit receivers any longer. There's no reason for a receiver not to put your hands up to catch the dang football any longer, right? Tell them you even, yeah, you, you can't that. be scared. I mean, because they they can't hit in the head, they have you have to have complete control of the ball before you get hit. So you can't worry about getting hit when you in when you're in the air or when you're vulnerable. You have to be able to protect yourself. So there's no reason to be worried about going to the middle and catching the ball. You should be able to go over the middle, have full extension, catch the ball, and come down with it before you feel like you're going to get hit. If not, the other teams will get penalized. OBJ was the ninth leading receiver on the Browns this weekend. The ninth. Ninth, right? That means almost a full accomplice, uh, uh, you know, like, sorry, what am I trying to say? The whole, almost 11 players, a whole offense caught the ball and had more yards than him, right? So Mayfield, 225 yards. He got sacked four times for a loss of 15 yards, no touchdowns. They only had 96 rushing yards. Chubb had 16, 61 yards, a touchdown. He didn't look healthy. Uh, Johnson sprained his neck, the star from Thursday night. The offensive line didn't look good. The play calling is just awful. If they run the ball on first down up the middle or off tackle every time, Put your offense in a long, second long. If I'm Baker, I'm demanding a trade. Your wide receivers don't catch the ball. Like Jarvis Landry is supposed to be the leader of the team. Three crucial drops. He fumbled the ball. The, the people letting Baker down around him is unbelievable, right? And I don't think Baker is one of the top quarterbacks in the league, but we've seen he can be good. Here's another thing people don't talk about. These quarterbacks like that are they're comparing them to like Mahomes and Herbert. These guys are throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. They're only letting Mayfield throw like 25 times a game. 30, maybe. Right? I mean, how can you compare? You've seen what Mayfield can do his rookie year when you let him cut it loose and fire the ball down the field. You've seen what happens when you let him cut it loose against the Bengals last year when he took them down launching the ball to your Michigan boy, Peoples Jones in the end zone, put the Bengals away last year. Let the dude come out and sling the ball. And you know what? I'm blaming Stefanski. I don't, I, I am, I I went on my rant about OBJ last week, right? Nothing's changed, right? 
his dad comes out and saying stuff, you know, I mean, I know we're going to touch on that. Let's do it now. His dad comes out saying Baker's not throwing in the ball. Tell me, why would he throw you the ball? He don't know where you're going to be, and you don't catch the dang thing. Look what you did Thursday night against the Broncos when the backup was throwing you the ball. What'd you do? Dropped a bunch of balls in a game, game-changing balls that could have led to a blowout of the Broncos in the first half, but you can't catch the ball. Yeah. This dude is making serious money. He makes more money per tweet than any player in the NFL. He is the most overrated player of all time. The fact his dad would even come out there and say something stupid like that after he tried to gator arm a football in a league he can't hit nobody no more, dropped all them balls Thursday night, doesn't want to run the routes, been hurt for two full years worth of football since he's been over here. I'm over it, man. I'm done. They said he could be on the trade block today. Uh, now it's getting reported that the Browns have no interest in trading him. Uh, the Browns are a mess, dude. It is typical Brown stuff. That's why I, I said I wasn't going to mad, but the OBJ thing gets me mad. You know what? Every other team, and we talked about this, gets their ball to their star receiver, right? How come you can't force feed him? What's wrong with taking a few shots down the field, right? On first down, let, let the dude run a fly and go chuck one up to him. Let him make a play. You're paying him huge money to make big plays and stretch the field. But no defense is respecting the deep ball because Stefanski won't do it. He wants to run the ball. He wants to try to play action pass, which everybody's waiting on now, right? You know, Baker tries to roll out. The defensive ends are staying home. They got him figured out, and he's not adjusting the offense. There are penalties on defense. The defensive coordinator I wanted fired last year. He's still there. You know, people gave him a break because of personnel. This year, he's got personnel. He's got Clowney. He's got Garrett. He's got players. Maybe some of them are overrated. Somebody's got to take the blame here. Andrew Barry ain't getting you the right players, right? Maybe that's the problem. But it's Joe Woods' scheme. This whole problem is a coaching problem. This is on Stefanski, mainly because he kept Joe Woods, who can't coach defense, and now Stefanski can't coach. Now you got an undisciplined team with penalty issues. You got morale issues. You got your back in the media like you were with Freddie Kitchens talking about all the bad stuff. You know, the Browns are in the media for all the wrong reasons after being a preseason favorite for Super Bowls for a lot of people. What do you think? What's your take? Like, what is it not a mess? It's a mess. I think it's a mess caused by injuries. No, no. Every yeah. team has injuries. I'm not buying the well injuries, injuries, but for them, it's to their key players. It's to their key players. Odell Beckham's not the same Odell Beckham athletically. He ain't when done injuries, nothing in five years, right? But the potential of Odell Beckham. I'm tired right. of hearing about. He's five. Landry's Landry's been hurt. Baker Mayfield's playing with the hurt shoulder. All right, he wants to go out there and play with the torn labrum and whatever broken whatever the arm is, broken humerus, and his non-throwing arm. Yeah, it's non-throwing arm, but it's still not going to feel good when you're throwing a football, when you take a hit, when you're playing ball. Keep it real as far as that. You have the injuries to their star running backs. Both of them are out. I don't even know about injuries on defense or whatever. Now, they, they probably should have beaten the Steelers, whatever. They're not looking good. They got to figure it out. They got to weather the storm. They got to weather the injury storm and get through it so they can get back on the up and up. That's pretty you know what? Like I tweeted out, you know, someone they were all saying, I go, the Steelers aren't good. They're like, someone tried to make the argument that Browns four and four have lost the four good teams. You haven't lost the four good teams. 
We've seen the Chiefs last night should have lost the Giants at home on Monday night. The Chiefs aren't good. Don't yeah, give Chiefs me the good. Chiefs are good. Chiefs are not good. They're not you good. can't stop nobody. Uh, they And Mahomes is all the, – the whole team's out of sync. So that, that ain't no great loss, right, to the Chiefs. They're four and four. They're just another average team. They struggled with the Houston Texans week two, who possibly is the worst team in the league. When in that, that was with, with Tyrod Taylor, though. They were different with Tyrod. With Tyrod they were Taylor. different with Tyrod Taylor when he got. But so right, Browns probably lose that game. Tyrod Taylor doesn't get help hurt, right? Yeah. That's how that game was going. They beat a god awful Bears team with the worst coaching staff in the third worst coaching staff in the history of football. My boy Hugh Jackson's one, Frank <laughs> Kitchens is two. So Nagy, you get number three worst coach of all time. You moved up the quick. You moved up the list quick this year, boy. Quick, and the longer they let you coach, the quicker you can get to the top. And he, he was out this. He was out this past weekend. Justin Fields looked halfway serviceable. At yeah, exactly. He needs to get out. Uh, they beat the Vikings 14-7 in Minnesota. Another offensive clunker. They lose to a Chargers team who, quite honestly, isn't that great. Right? They just got blasted two weeks ago by the Ravens. Lost again yesterday. Chargers are four and three. They're just another average team, right? Uh, the Cardinals. Best team they played by far, and the Cardinals whooped that ass. I was there in person watching that beat down. Yeah, you it was were. a whooping. From, it was over <laughs> in Q1. The crowd was dead. It was over. They beat a bad Broncos team that's horrible. They, they lost to a Steelers team that's not very good, but Ben Roethlisberger doesn't like losing to the Browns, and he willed them the victory. You say what you want about Big Ben, but he still has that competitive fire. He might not be that good, but he's still driven. His team plays for him. They got it done. You don't hear all this internal garbage going on in Pittsburgh as much as I wish you did. Uh, they're just, well, they're I mean, a well-run organization. I'm going to declare this. This is the 75th anniversary of the Cleveland Browns, and this is the most disappointing team in the history of the franchise for the 75th anniversary. How fitting. It ain't even – when I say disappointing, I'm not saying the worst team in Browns history. I'm saying the most underachieving, disappointing team in Browns history. This yeah, team was that. supposed to contend. This team yeah. isn't going to the playoffs. This team ain't going to finish 500. The Brownie, the Browns fans did have high expectations this season. and um, Not just Browns fans. There was a lot of national media had big expectations. There was. They had the personnel. They had a lot of the personnel. At least you thought they had, they had the personnel to – Make a make a Super Bowl run. That, that yeah. was being tossed around. That's true. It was. And yeah, there's no like that's the case now. Like the Bengals, like they're in a better situation than the Browns are right now. Even though the Bengals did lose to the Jets this past weekend, I think maybe they're just hanging out and partying in Manhattan too much uh night before the game. Something you know what? Yeah. Before we get into the Bengals game, I'll let you go on your thing here. But uh I am gonna give the Bengals a pass on this game. And I'm gonna tell you why. The Jets started a quarterback no one's seen before, and we've seen this happen in football games forever. I mean, right. one of the most famous ones is Tua coming in the national championship game and winning that game. No tape on him, don't know what he does. This guy won the Boca Raton Bowl in 2016 and has just hung around the NFL for a couple of years. Now we see why he stayed around, because obviously some people saw some talent. Yeah, he's not so, terrible. He's not terrible at all. So you might not like my take, but, you know, Mike White, 37 to 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He had the throwback to him. Uh, 
Uh, I'm gonna give the Bengals a pass, but I'm gonna let you go and see what you got to say. I mean, I don't I don't have a rant for it or anything like that. I mean, usually if you score 34 points, you shouldn't lose a game as far as that. I mean, he did come out, Mike White came out, and you know, he's bombs away. He's throwing down the field. The Jets offense looked the best has looked all year. They didn't have a rookie quarterback in there. Obviously, they had someone that's been in the league for you know two or three years who knew how to handle himself when he got his opportunity to play. And so I'll give him props. He came out and did his thing. Didn't let the fact he got a couple of interceptions, you know, early affect him and everything. But the Bengals have to run the ball better. You know, they, could have uh, yes. they, could have, they could have controlled the game, you know, on, they could have helped out their defense. I mean, their defense is doing their part. Defense causing turnovers early. The Bengals could have off those turnovers scored touchdowns. And they did 41 rushing yards. Yeah. All the uh, Bengals had. Mixing 14 carries, 33 yards, a touchdown. You're not going to win like that. It's not like the Jets have some world-beater defense either. So, like, the Bengals need to figure that out for sure. And, like I said, maybe it was, maybe it was a hangover from last week's win against Baltimore or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe it could have been they were in New York. Maybe the fact that they were playing against Mike White, who they didn't have any film against. Like, there's a lot of factors it could have been. Either way, they're coming in on conference play. Next week, they're playing the Browns. They have to be – it's a must-win game, AFC North game. They got to beat the Browns. So, Especially how the Browns are right now. So yeah. – you know what? I was going to – I I am given the – I shouldn't say I give the Bengals a pass. Not a I pass. I should say I understand why they lost. But if you truly think like a lot of people were thinking, because I'll tell you what, Bengals getting a lot of national news right now, and a lot of people were all on that bandwagon until this week, and people are still on the bandwagon after this game because of the reasons I just said. They're still figuring it out. Still got to get it done against New York Jets. Yeah, Those are games you have that. to win. So yeah. it, it, I, I kind of want to rephrase it that I understand why they lost. Obviously, you mentioned coming off the big win against Baltimore, playing a quarterback, come out of nowhere. Uh you know, uh, it is what it is, right? So, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. They ultimately, they could have played better. They didn't. They needed to, and they needed to make sure they play. They bring the same level of intensity they did against Baltimore going forward. And hopefully it was a wake-up call. Like, all right, you know, we can't do this every week. We got to do what we did before. And like I said, it's a young team. They're still figuring it out. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. Like, but, think about it. yeah, if you were Mike White, dude, you're getting your shot. You ain't played a real game. Oh, he doesn't five care. Years, he's going to come out slinging. Yeah, dude. he's like, I don't care if I have 10 interceptions. Yeah. I'm coming out slinging. I got my chance. I'm going down. Sword is on my ever. own sword, dude. I'm not getting cheated. If I'm getting my yeah. first game in five years, I ain't getting cheated. I'm chucking that ball down the hey, field. He did. Hey, he did too. <laughs> hey, I give him all the props. He did. Yeah. He came out firing. He made the Jets look, he made the Jets look respectable against a solid defense. So that's where it changes. Now there might be some expectations on him after the game. We'll see how he responds. I don't want to talk Jets football, but it was an impressive showing. Yeah, I got to give the yeah. guy some props. I, I got to give him props. He came out and he did his thing. But the yeah. Bengals kind of let him do his thing, too. The Bengals, right. were, the Bengals should have been a better team. So Bengals I think we got to do this. Forward. I think we got to do this. So we got to place Take a them. wager on this Browns-Bengals game. Wait, when, when is your flight leaving on Sunday? It's leaving during the game. I'm gonna have to watch it on my uh, on my laptop on the uh, flight home. I'm leaving like right at the start of the game. Uh, okay, yeah, because our flight doesn't leave till like five five thirty or something. So I'll be, I should be able to watch the whole game. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to uh, be watching that on the way home. So uh, all right. So let's predictions. What do you got? Is it, is it that is it in Cleveland or Cincy? Let's see. I forget where it is in Cincinnati. Oh, Bengals. Two touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. 
I think uh, Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is going to expose that Browns defense. Jamar Chase and CJU Uzama are going to have a day. Jamar Chase and their tight end. You know what? I hate agreeing with you. I just don't. I I, I just don't see the Browns turning it around. I look at Burroughs, even though you guys lost, he still had three touchdowns, like a ton of yards. Uh, I, I just don't see the Browns winning this game. I, well, I can't the, the see Browns, them winning this game. The Browns can't do what they're normally going to do. Like, they want to control the ball. Like, Chubb's not – Chubb's still hurt. Johnson's hurt now. Uh, Kareem Hunt's not coming back. Odell Beckham's not the same. Landry, I think, got hurt again. You know, they're not really giving Baker a chance. Stefanski – the only chance they got in this game is to cut Baker loose and let him chuck the ball. I believe Donovan Peoples-Jones should be back this week. That's our deep threat with the – Like, I remember the Bengals' defense is better than before. I, I, it is. They, but they, they, they better pick on Eli Apple. I can't stand Eli Apple. I wish him and his mom would both not talk. The only way they beat the Bengals this week is they got to let Baker chuck it around. And I don't know if some of it is they don't want Baker to chuck it around because by holding him down like they've been doing, they don't have to pay him. I, the whole Browns offense, the whole scheme, the whole thought behind it doesn't work unless you're winning in the fourth quarter and you just run the ball in timeout. Like, you're finding out if they're down, they can't come back and win, right? They've had several opportunities this year to win games late, one against the Chiefs. They had an opportunity this week to come back. They had an opportunity, you know, against the Chargers. Uh, It's just not happening. It's a mess. I blame the coaching. This is not on Baker, right? The unfair criticism he's getting in the meeting, he should be in the back room with Andrew Barry going, I want the ball in my hand. I want to throw the ball. If you're not going to let me throw the ball, then let me out, right? That's where I'm at with it. But I got I'm 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 with I'm with you. I think Bengals get it done. I actually think two touchdowns is reasonable. I think that that's a good prediction. I'm going two touchdowns, Bengals. I hate to do that. Makes my heart hurt, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> Look forward to it. So are, are we doing are, you, are we doing a wager? Oh or you, or you can't do it. Yeah, we can do a wager. So <laughs> if the Bengals win. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. I don't even have – I don't know. I'd have to go find one. I'll wear a Bengals shirt on this podcast. I will order it and wear it on this podcast. <laughs> All right. What are you doing? Well, you just assuming the Bengals are going to win? What happens if they don't? What are you going to do? If What's they the don't – let's see. What what can I do? I can either say I'll find some, I'll find some Browns gear somewhere and I'll rock it on the podcast. All right. Whatever. That'll make me happy. I'm sure it will. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. The one and only time, if it ever happened, that you would ever see me in Browns gear. But <laughs> I don't plan on that happening, so it's all good. I look forward yeah. to seeing you repping the who day. You're already, yeah. you're already starting to be kind of a fan anyway. You might as well just come on board. No, on board. no, never. Board. Never. All, all right. right. Let's go ahead and let's, go, let's push this other topic, and let's just go straight to rapid fire. What you got for me? All right. World Series. Astros won last night. Can they make the comeback? Man, just it's just tough because the Braves are down. They're like their two top starters or whatever. So their bullpen is just they've logged a lot of innings. It's hard. And they're back at home. Like the Astros are back at home too. Um, 
Teams with a three-one lead win win like eighty-three percent of the time. I know. Like I, I, I think the Astros could come back though. Like because you know why? Because before Carrera and Bregman weren't hitting well. Like their best players weren't hitting well, and I think that they hit well this last game. I think they're going back home. I think they start hitting well again. And I think they're gonna get momentum. And I think I think Houston's come back and take take over the series tonight. And I think it's gonna go to Game Seven. So yeah, I think the Astros can come back. I, I agree the Astros could probably win tonight, but I still I'm going. It's hard to bet against that much history. I'm saying Atlanta still gets it done. Atlanta in seven. All right. E40 makes gourmet meals now. If y'all don't know who E40 is, you probably were born after 1990. But <laughs> <laughs> E40 Try was here. the man. The, the album, the Hall of Game. Check it out if you don't have it. E40 is the it. Hall of Game. Go check <laughs> it out. But would you try an E40? And he's a big boy, so it must be good. E40 gourmet meals. 100%. I give it a shot. I'm on board. It'd be that Oakland cooking right there. That's right. That's right. Over on the left coast from the yes. bay. From the bay. Yep. So we are in agreement to eat 40 gourmet meals. Send them more way if you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Limp Biscuit is back. New Don't album. Care. New album. Uh still sucks, I think is what it's called. Or yeah, probably true. Sucks. Are you listening? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a straight no, no commentary. No, nope. no commentary, no nothing. They're back. Okay, whatever. Like, I listened to them probably back in the day when I was like 16, 17 years old, but I'm cool. I don't need to come back. They've kind of come back into uh, popularity for some reason. I don't know why. Their last album was in 2011, which I, when I was looking up, I had no idea they had an album in 2011. No. Uh, Golden Cobra or something like that. So they're kind of like back in the spotlight. It's weird. If you've got to look up a picture of Fred Durst now, dude, he looks like a vacuum salesman from the 70s. He's got this big old gray hair and mustache, real creepy looking. So that's funny. Yeah, no, right. so, so not going to listen to it. I'm going to listen. I got to do it just because. Well, let all us right. know how it is. All right. You got to try Hello Fresh. Hello yeah, Fresh. I'll, I'll try it out. I might, I might, I might put in like for the, the free order. Or the free uh, seven day trial of HelloFresh and see what it's all about. So we'll see. I wonder what it costs. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'll look into that. Yeah. Whenever something isn't giving me the price and they want to give me seven free days, leads me to believe it's something I don't want to pay for. But it's probably probably a nice little chunk of change. Yeah. A little sketchy. I don't know. I'm going to pass. You'll have to let me know how it goes. Yeah, I will. For sure. Who should be the Manning's next guest on Monday night? We like the Manning broadcast, he's got some good guests. Who's coming next? Um, if they don't have, if they haven't had them already, I'd say bring Charles Barkley on. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think all of them together would be funny. I think it'd be good. You had Barkley on. I think it'd be funny if they had Shaq on, just because. I mean, I think those guys are all funny. As far as that, um, football wise, I don't know. You can get somebody that's gonna like. I like the fact that Marshawn Lynch is on there. Like that's who yeah. I would say. But he was already on there. I think he was the perfect guy to bring on the podcast. Or bring no, on. he wasn't. He dropped an f bomb. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, that's just Marshawn being Marshawn. He was just, he was hanging out. You know, they're all drinking Hennessy on the show and everything, having a good time. So, I mean, I'm trying to think who, who else would be good. Uh, but, yeah, I say, initially I say Barkley. Man. You say what? Football-wise, I want to see him bring Joe Thomas on. He's good. Yeah, he is good. He is good. You know, I, see I, like, to see them, I like to see them bring, uh, like, Randy Moss on there. Randy Moss? Cool if, if Randy Moss went on there and was talking with, with both of them. Yeah. A lot of I, think they, 
I think they should bring Dave Chappelle on. That should be the next one. Yeah. All right. So, all right. That, was that the last one we have for rapid fire? No, I got another one here real quick. Two more quick ones, right? Okay. Luis Robert from the White Sox bought a $1 million glowing Lamborghini. Would you drive a car that glows? I mean, just one time? Sure. As my <laughs> ride? As my like, for everyday ride? No. That just screams pull me over. You're driving right. down 70 and you're and you're lighting up the sky with like a uh uh glowing like uh, I don't know. No, I'm not doing it. No, nah, not doing it. And we did see we did see that one Ferrari get get a towed in Cali the other one time. The neon green, the neon green rim. Yeah. Never forget it. That's why I was getting towed. All yeah. right. Uh Island Boys, YouTube TikTok Sensations. Are you a fan? I just Googled them today. No. Those dudes are stupid as hell. Like, anybody, I mean, I can't figure out why they're a YouTube sensation. Probably because they're so terrible and they look so terrible. Like, these guys are the greasiest, worst dudes looking. I can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about it. Maybe I'm just an old dude now. Get off my lawn. But those dudes that come on my lawn, I'm going to go out there with the left hook and I'm cracking one time. Get off my lawn. That's what I'm saying. Head oh, what about the voice on the song? Hey, it's all bad. The look's bad, the freestyle's bad, the voice is bad, their tattoos are bad, their hair is bad, the pool that they were chilling in was bad. It's all terrible. Those dudes probably rich They're probably hey, rich now because they got like three people. They probably are rich. Hey, this is America. They say, don't be like these guys. These guys get notoriety for being, I don't even know what to call them. I don't know what to call them. <laughs> all, all right. Well, is, we're I don't I don't, I don't know, know what it is. I don't know what it is. Janky as hell. I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> There's so much worse I want to say, but I'm not going to. My mom listens to this podcast. But yeah. I'm say janky as hell. <laughs> I'm going to show her a video. I'm going to show her this video. I'm going to show my mom the video of the Island Boys. I want her, I'm going to I'm going to video her reaction. I'm going to show it on the show. Yeah, so the worst <laughs> part is we're like telling people, you got to hear this because of how bad it is, but you don't want them to get money off this, but you got to see how You got to see it. That's the thing. Like, it's so bad, you got to see it. So the only reason I see that is because I, I was out and we're you know, watching the games and somebody goes, you got to see this. We're like, what? Everybody's watching. Now everybody else is pulling it up. It's like, man, wow. It's, it's so bad. Wow. So bad. Well, that's it for rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got it. Yeah, forget that. Get real with Dave. Who you got? Kevin Stefanski? Oh, oh man, I'm going to make this quick, right? Because we already talked Browns. Kevin Stefanski. Dude, get real. What is going on with the play calling? What's wrong with this first down stuff? Why have we lost control of the locker room? Why are you 518 something yards and penalties? You're like Freddie Kitchen on a, on a diet right now. Like, what the heck is going on? I, I just can't believe in the 75-year history of the Browns, you are presiding over a team this talented and the most underachieving possibly in modern memory. You got clowny. You got the two best defensive ends in the league, and you can't stop people when you need to. You lost to Pittsburgh at home to a Roethlisberger is old enough to be our grandfather. Yo, like, I got nothing else to say. Kevin Stefanski, get real. I'm off your bandwagon. I've seen enough. I don't know what – I don't know. I'm not saying firing, but I'm saying, dude, you got to go back to the lab and figure something out. Everybody's on to your play-action pass, dude. Everybody's on to it. 
time to mix up the formula. Time to fire Joe Woods, find somebody who knows defense. Real quick, Dallas got rid of their defense coordinator last year, didn't know jack about football, and got somebody who knew what they were doing, and now look at what their defense is doing, right? Get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing, and you figure it out. That's I'm done. Get real, Kevin Stefanski. I've had enough. Go to the Cleveland Browns. Get real, Kevin Stefanski. All right, mess with your money with Rel. We got the Mets acting GM, Zach Scott. He finally got fired two months after getting a DWI arrest in New York City. I want to know, first of all, who drives in New York? Second of all, if you're the GM of the Mets, you should either have a driver, we should call an Uber, or get a cab, take the subway. You have many options besides driving in New York especially being a GM of the Mets. So that's just stupidity on your part. Mess with his money because it's not like, the, he's not, it's not like he's going to get that kind of pay from normal jobs. So wherever he's going, he's going to be taking a definite pay decrease and no telling if he can get back up to that level. He's only acting GM. So this is his chance. It was his opportunity to show what he could do, and he messed it up by getting a DWI. Not worth it. And speaking of, and actually more on a serious note, because I saw this just pop up, um, Las Vegas Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs to be charged with DUI resulting in death, unfortunately. So that like popped up in the middle of the podcast uh, that came up. So, you know, prayers for anybody, anybody's family that's involved there, but it's got to make better decisions. Like we, we, we've all been young and dumb and stupid and ultimately it's just not worth it as far as all that. So this, everybody's got to make better choices, man. It's messing with money. Obviously this situation is messing with someone's life. And, you know, it's just unfortunate for all parties involved. It is, because he's a guy that was really coming on this year, and the Raiders were having a bounce-back season. And uh, this this type of thing between the Gruden and now this, uh, you know, it's tough for the Raiders. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, you said there's a death involved. I didn't see that. I know I got the initial alert that there was an accident, but and yeah. it's actually DWI and death. And, and death, yep. So he's, You know he's what's bad? Like, Everybody out there, there are so many options now. Like, I remember when we first turned 21, we go to the bars and stuff. There was no Uber. You couldn't even get a cab half the time, right? right? So, there's so many options now. Don't get behind the wheel. Just don't do it. Not worth it. 100%, man. So, you know, on that note, though, man, good show. I know it's football heavy, everybody, but you know what? We love football. It's how it is. We love our teams. We love the sport. And it's coming up on time to, you know, see what's going on for the playoffs, both college and professional. and I know the Bengals still have a chance. I know Dane said the Browns are done, but we'll see about that. We'll see if they can turn around and get together. See your boys to fancy you can uh, listen to your get real and turn some things around. So, yeah. Hey, hey on that note, hit us up. Twitter, me, Franchise11, at Franchise1122. Dane is at D DeMail. He's still rocking the Cavs. He's on the bandwagon. He's not. I knew JB Bickerstaff. He's not jumping ship yet. He's getting ready to wear a Kevin Love jersey. Yeah. He's a fan of him again. You know, he's on the bench. He's just chilling, taking up space. It's okay. He's still on board. He's, he's actually he out for him. a couple of weeks for COVID violations. <laughs> so Kevin Luck can still get out of here. But Mobley, hey. Jared Allen, Lori Markham, I'm on board. Go As Cavs. You, hey, get it done. He's hyped. Hit us up. Facebook, Hi. always relevant. Close, I'm forgetting. We'll be on Instagram. Dane's out. I'm about to be out. We'll hot you guys later on. See it. <laughs>